Hey, what's up? This is Jonathan, and today is February 17th, 2020. So I am thinking about this idea of what makes kids happy. And because I was I was watching this video from a family psychologist, and he was saying, he, you know, he had some really good advice, I thought. And he said, uh, children who are obedient are happy. And I was thinking about that, and it actually aligns closely with like what I believe spiritually, that you know, obedience to certain principles makes us, or at least brings us happiness. And there's this, uh, this scripture, it's like, doing bad things never really, never brought anybody happiness. And so I think, okay, there's some truth to that. Obedience brings, can, can bring happiness. But like some of the times as a parent, I try to force obedience by my kids or trick them or manipulate them somehow, either by coercion or intimidation. Maybe that goes along with coercion. I can't remember the, the exact definitions of those. But um, I'm like, okay, so I don't know that obedience brings positive mental health, uh, mental health, you know, like a, a growth set, a growth-minded uh, person. <laughs> what am I trying to say? I don't, I don't know that obedience necessarily promotes growth. I do think, though, if we added to that phrase, like if a child can exhibit self-restraint, self-control to be obedient, I believe that creates uh, uh, happiness, and that if a child is able to to feel in control of themselves, of himself or herself, then that will create happiness. And I was thinking about, you know, in, in people's lives, if we feel out of control, that's when we feel stressed or anxious. If I go into an environment where I feel I have no control over the situation, it is chaos in my mind, and I, I really stress out. If I go into work and I feel like I have no control over any of the outcomes, that is a really difficult situation for me to be in. Um, and same with a kid. So if a kid's in a situation where they don't feel they're in control, that can uh, that's pro that's where a lot of I think some behavior problems come in. They they um, you know they want to ex they're they're trying to exhibit some sense of control, so they might act out in opposition to the the established rules or whatever. So as a parent, you know, I don't think my goal necessarily is to create my children to be perfectly obedient to whatever an adult says uh, and, and for them to, for, and, and the idea that an adult should uh, intimidate a child into obedience. So if we say, all right, it's time to go to bed. My kid doesn't go to bed. Hey, I said, go to bed. They don't go to bed. And then we start threatening by yelling, hey, I said, get in bed now. Like the kid might be obedient, but I don't know that they're any happier based on that. And so the approach that uh, I was learning in uh, play therapy, that's the, the child therapy approach, is allowing a child to take responsibility for their actions. And so initially, uh, so I guess a little quick background. So a child therapist is working with a kid in a playroom a lot of times, like between the ages of three and 10 a therapist is going to be in a playroom uh, working with a child. And the idea is that a child may not have all the vocabulary necessary to express their feelings, the deep emotions. And so a child therapist allows it, the kid to play with different toys. There might be rope. There might be a dart gun. There might be handcuffs. There might be, leg, uh, not Legos, um, like little army guys. There might be a play 
place with like a kitchen and stuff. There might be puppets. There might be a sandbox. There's all these different toys. And, and the toys are actually put there purposely. It's not just a collection of toys. It's <clears throat> uh, they're, they're very purposeful. Some toys are going to show aggression. You know, it, it allows a child to express aggression. So it might be like a punching bag kind of thing, like a, an inflatable punching bag. There's going to be area uh, toys that allow a child to exhibit nurturing feelings and stuff. And so as a, as a therapist is working with a child, he, the, the therapist allows the child to do lots of different things with the toys. And they're pretty free to play with the toys in a lot of ways they want to. But there are restrictions. So if a child is playing with sand and they just take the sand and start throwing it all over the room, the therapist is going to have to tell that kid to stop. But they do it in a way that doesn't use intimidation tactics. It's not using some authoritative or authoritarian tactic even. I shouldn't say authoritative. It's not using authoritarian tactic. And it's not using a passive-aggressive tactic. It's not saying, well, hey, maybe that's not such a good idea to throw sand all over. Uh, a popular one, too, for kids. They see the dart gun, and they, a lot of boys that I've worked with want to shoot me with the dart gun. And so we'll have to set a limit. And, and I'm not using an, a, an authoritarian tactic of saying, hey, knock it off. Don't shoot me with that dart gun. And I'm not using the passive aggressive or like not a passive aggressive, like a, a permissive approach of, hey, that's not a good idea to shoot me. I don't really like that. Or maybe we should. It's it's this approach. It's really great where it says it's it's the therapist acknowledging the feeling that's driving that behavior. So if a child wants to shoot the therapist with a dart gun, there's some desire or some feeling underneath that. There's some desire. And maybe it's that the kid wants to feel powerful. Like he's got this weapon and he can now exert some power over the therapist. And the therapist accepts that feeling. The therapist accepts any feeling. And I actually love that idea of a parent accepting a child's feeling, no matter what that is. But we, a therapist, and I believe a parent as well, cannot accept any kind of expression of that feeling. An example is when my kid, my boy, feels angry, he likes to hit his sister. And his feeling of anger is acceptable. The expression of that feeling of hitting his sister is not acceptable. And in the therapy room, a child may feel angry, might feel playful, might feel something. That's totally acceptable. But the expression of that feeling, if it's throwing sand all over the place, if it's shooting the therapist with a dart gun, though if, if it's painting all over the wall, those expressions are not acceptable. And so what a therapist does, which is really cool, and I use this all the time with my kids, and I think it works really well. And it helps me um, it helps me do a better job setting limits. But I, I say, okay, son, you want to shoot me with a dart gun, or you really want to draw on the wall, or you really want to stay up past your bedtime or you really want to keep jumping on that trampoline. Whatever it is, I'm saying I I understand that feeling. I accept that feeling. You really want to do this thing. You really feel angry right now. But in the case of the therapist world, you know, in as a therapist working with a kid, you really want to shoot me with that dark gun, but I'm not for shooting with the dark gun. And I love that way you're establishing this limit. You're not saying shooting is a is bad. Because frankly, shooting a dark gun is not bad. Just like punching something is not bad. And um, just like drawing on stuff is not bad. But in the context, 
shooting the therapist is not appropriate, not accepted. Uh, painting or drawing on the wall is not accepted. Or um, throwing sand's not bad, but the, the sand's not for throwing around in the playroom. So um, it's cool because you'll say like, okay, I know you really want to do this thing, but that thing in that in the context is not for doing. So I know you want to shoot me with that dark gun, but I'm not for shooting with the dark gun. You can shoot the wall and pretend that's me. Or you can shoot that target over there and pretend that's me. So what I love about this idea is we're returning responsibility to the child. We're accepting their feelings. We're telling them a limit. And then we're giving them the choice to, to express that feeling in a different way. And it's a, it's a different... It, part of the, the purpose of doing it this way is you're helping your child develop self-control. They might feel impulsive to just start shooting you with a dart gun, right? That's an impulse they're acting on. And you're helping them acknowledge, okay, you're, you want to do this. And let's, let's talk about the feeling here. It's acceptable. But the way you're expressing this is not appropriate. You can do it in a different way that is more appropriate. And you're returning the responsibility, allowing them to choose a different way to express that. And the kid may not even have rec you know, acknowledged that um, it's not appropriate to shoot you. It's not appropriate to paint on the wall. But you're kind of talking them through that. And the, the purpose of this approach, and it's like this three-step approach where you, you say, I, uh, you acknowledge the feeling, you state the limit, and then you give them another option to express that feeling. So if, some, if your kid's about to draw on the wall, you say, oh, you really want to draw on that wall, but the wall's not for drawing on. You can draw on paper. You're still totally accepting that kid, and you're just you're letting them know that that certain expression is not for doing and they can do it a different way and it's building uh the, like i said the purpose is to help them build self-control self-awareness and if they can control themselves if they learn to, to develop self-control and can uh can manage their impulses so they don't always act out that is so empowering for a child and if they can develop that self-control that i believe creates more happiness when we have a sense of ourself, when we have self-control uh, over what we eat, over what we do, when we have self-efficacy and we believe that we are capable of doing something and, and exerting control, when we have an internal locus of control, we don't always think that we're at the whim of the universe and, and whatever happens, you know, it's out of our control. If we have an internal locus of control, we believe that we can control our outcome and that we have a, a say in our lives. That promotes positive mental health and that is really what we what I want to work with my kids on doing is is uh, helping them be obedient yes but helping them do it in a way where they are choosing that and and there's more there, there's more to it than this but just a thought you know is obedience doesn't necessarily mean happiness and this actually goes back again you know if you're spiritual religious this uh, this idea of if we're being controlled through coercion, that's not happiness. Like the some of the doctrine I believe is is this idea like um, there's a good power, there's an evil power, and the evil power wanted to have control over people. And we believe a lot of the 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 bad things going on in this world are are inspired by that that evil power. And if you look at what are some of these negative these bad things in the world, it's like it's when we lose a sense of control of ourselves. These addictions. Um, you think about addiction to substances, to to the pills, the the drinks, the the whatever you're smoking, um, the addiction to pornography. A lot of the addictions 
it sort of draws us away from having complete control of ourselves and that does not equal happiness. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of, I, that thought of obedience is good, but I think obedience be, out of like self-control is optimal. That's really what I'm shooting for. Help my kids choose to do the right thing, not just forcing the good thing on them and forcing them to be obedient. All right. A little bit of rambling there, but I uh, got my thought out. Hopefully you find that helpful and I will talk to you next time.